You are Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Hawkeye Nation, to a Monday morning episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Sports Network. As always, I am your host, Andrew Wade, and I'm excited to be back. I had all those shows dropping last week, but they were pre-recorded. I'm excited to be recording some content that is based off what is happening right now for you. I had a blast in Alaska, but it is time to get back to business and deliver you the content that you want, you need, and you deserve every single day, Monday through Friday, especially as we prep for the Iowa football season that is beginning in just under two weeks. Before we get into that, though, you got to check out the Locked On NFL preview show. The NFL season is about to begin, and nobody covers it like the Locked On Podcast Network. August 30th through September 8th, the Locked On NFL Podcast is previewing every team and every division with the help of Odyssey's lineup of NFL experts. Follow the Locked On Ultimate Season Preview 2021 feed on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast to tune in beginning August 30th. And on the show today, we have a lot of stuff to cover from last week. I figured we are going to have media day. We are going to have some commitments. Uh, we had summer league news. There's also some random news across the Big Ten with Northwestern and Nebraska, which I think really impact the potential success of those teams. We have the preseason going on right now. So we're going to cover all of that over the course of this week. On today's show specifically, we're going to get into media day, though. What did we learn? What are we going to do about that offensive line with Kyler Schott being out? Who's going to start at wide receiver? We're going to be talking about that on the show today, get into some preseason talk, and if we have time, wrap up with a few uh, tidbits based off of a question we posed on our Twitter account. So that's all coming up on the show today. But stay tuned. If you're looking for recruiting content, that's coming tomorrow. We have a fantastic interview with the host of the Locked On Pistons podcast talking about Luka Garza. He had some really awesome stuff to say there. Um, They are a huge fan of Luka in Detroit, so we're going to talk about that on the shows later this week. And this is a reminder that on Monday's episode, next Monday's episode, we're going to YouTube, baby. That's right, YouTube is going to be having the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast Monday through Friday. So you can see my beautiful mug or ugly mug, whatever you want to call it, every single day if you want to on YouTube as well. So let's get into it. As far as the media day goes, uh, some decent takeaways, I guess we could say. The first one um, that we found out about was Kyler Schott was injured. Kyler Schott, a guy who I think is one of the best guards in the nation. PFF thinks he's the number eight guard in the nation. I think he's one of the top guards as well. Um, getting some love from an NFL draft perspective. Uh, and he was expected to solidify that interior offensive line alongside Tyler Linderbaum and Cody Inc. Um, unfortunately, he is not going to be playing the season opener, and he's more than likely not playing against Iowa State either. When bailing some hay, jumped off, it sounds like, and, and hurt his foot, landed weird, and he was probably going to be out, I would guess, until Maryland. They don't want to rush him back early. We've seen them try to do that with certain offensive linemen in the past, and it hasn't worked overly successfully. Um, Iowa typically tries to play the long game, and knowing that they have a lot of fantastic players behind these kind of guys, they try to hold out as long as they can. Look at how they've used, you know, Larry Jackson being injured, Coy Cronk when he was injured last year. Um, Iowa just wants to rotate in other guys to try to uh, help those guys get to the healthiest level um, when they do come back. So with that being said, I highly doubt he's back for Iowa State, which there is a hope that he is. But my guess is Maryland. You're not going to play him against Colorado State or Kent State. Uh, so why not just wait until that Maryland game, wait till he's in completely healthy. You get him for two-thirds of the season. And honestly, out of all the positions on the team, 
I feel a little bit more comfortable about the backup there with Justin Britt. Justin Britt, a guy who I think is going to be a offensive line stalwart for the Hawks for the next couple of years to come. This is just going to be his, his breakout moment. He's dealt with some injuries, which has been unfortunate, but he's a guy, a three-star recruit out of Indianapolis, got time immediately with the Hawks, um, played in four games in each season as a true freshman played in four games, I should add. Um, so right now, just a red shirt sophomore. And technically, if you count the fact that the COVID year, he's technically still a freshman, I believe. Um, all things all things considered. So, um, but listed as a second team right guard going into spring practice this year uh, with Kyler Shot being out, he is the guy that is expected to step forward and take that guard spot. Now, that being said, Iowa does like position versatility across the offensive line. So if they feel like there's a better matchup, if they feel like the tackles are playing better, they maybe slide in a tackle like a Mason Richmond inside or a Nick DeJong. Um, maybe they do that with Connor Colby. Who knows? Uh, so it's not his job completely yet, but my guess is when Iowa takes the field against Indiana, it is going to be Justin Britt. So that's my expectation there. Um, it is a huge loss, no doubt about it. A huge loss to not have Kyler Shaw in the lineup. But Justin Britt, again, I think he is probably the sixth guy on that offensive line. He's going to be stepping in. I think as long as he can stay healthy, he'll be playing pretty well. In other news across the offensive line, we had some interesting uh, developments as well. Mason Richmond was taking all the snaps at the number one left tackle spot. Jack Plum is listed at number two. On the right side, all right, you had Nick DeJong and Connor Colby battling it out. Uh, Connor Colby being a guy who is very new to the program, um, has only been through spring practice, a true freshman this year. Uh, Mason Richmond been in the, you know, in the program a, a year or two, and he is a former four-star recruit. So these are big-time guys. And if you remember, Alaric Jackson, a guy who started all four years. Tristan Wirfs, a guy who started as a true freshman, only went three years because he was just – that freaking good. When you look at the potential here, looking at a Mason Richmond even um, or a Connor Colby, uh, that it might be some growing pains early, but those guys starting right now would be huge for the Hawks um, long term. Mason Richmond, a red shirt freshman uh, after redshirting last year in a weird COVID year, um, only seeing three games, which technically still has four years of eligibility. But this would be very eerily similar to what we saw a couple of years ago with Larry Jackson and Tristan Wirfs, um, if Mason Richmond and Connor Colby ultimately claim those jobs. But don't count out Nick DeJong or Jack Plum. Anyone who's listened to the show knows I am not the biggest Jack Plum fan. Um, I expect that he is going to continue to develop and grow. But last year, uh, he looked overmatched, in my opinion, uh, against a lot of the Big Ten teams he went up against. I felt like he wasn't able to handle speed rushers. Uh, when he was in the game, he was consistently graded out as the worst tackle on the field. And and when you back when you look at the tape, it backs up what you're seeing from a grade perspective as well. So uh, to me, it seems that either Mason Richmond is, is really playing superiorly or playing outstandingly, or Jack Plum is not developing the way Iowa – coaches expect although that being said when Kirk Ferentz talks to the media he feels like it is really a four-person battle any one of those guys could step in and play for them which is a good problem to have uh, but again when I look at the glass half full or the the highest ceiling I look at Mason Richmond and Connor Colby two younger guys getting in there um, but whoever ultimately starts at the tackle position on both sides um, I will respect that decision and be excited about the prospects of either of those guys but 
an interesting development as Jack Plum was the number one left tackle coming into spring practice, and now Mason Richmond getting all the snaps there alongside on the other side with Connor Colby um, really positioning himself in that battle as well. Could we see two freshmen um, starting on the tackle spots? That would be a very interesting development for the Iowa Hawkeyes. Coming up on segment two, we're going to get into one other, you know, kid day takeaway, the media day stuff, and talk a little bit more about the wide receiver position. I thought what Kirk Ferentz had to say was really interesting there as well. And then we're going to get into preseason talk and ultimately wrap up with a quick Twitter question. So that is all coming up on the show today. So stay tuned for that. Before we get into any of that, though, you know I have to tell you about Sweat Block. Because, guys, if there's anything that's not fun to talk about, it is excessive sweating. You know when you're sweating through your shirts for no reason? It's embarrassing, right? I have personally dealt with this my entire life. It's embarrassing when I speak in public. It's embarrassing going on site and you know speaking in front of a CXO. Um, by that, I mean CFO, CEO, etc. And having to worry about lifting up my arms because there's probably going to be a big, nasty sweat stain there. But that is now why I use Sweatblock antiperspirant wipes. Sweatblock is stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You simply apply it at night before bedtime, go to bed. The next morning, you wake up, wash, and go about your day without worrying about sweat. Guaranteed. I know this sounds too good to be true. That's what I thought initially as well, but it is truly revolutionizing how I pick out my clothes, how I feel throughout the day because I don't have to worry about certain color of clothes and me sweating through them because I have sweat block at my disposal. So get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with promo code locked on or at Amazon and CVS. Right, y'all, we are back for segment two of the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. When we took a break, we were talking about the offensive line position. Just This is just a reminder. If you're looking for recruiting talk, we're talking about that tomorrow. Iowa landed a four-star running back. I want to cover all that, and that will be done on tomorrow's show. But getting into the rest of the media day and the kids' day takeaways, one of the interesting things about Kids Day is that oftentimes the defense is further along than the offense. That is expected. It is not overly concerning about the offense in that regard. But what we saw was the running game did a fantastic job. They were actually putting the defense on its heels and consistently finding holes through the defense and gashing them. I don't think this is an indication that Iowa's defense is bad. In fact, I think Iowa's defense will be one of the best in the nation. But this is a good indication that Iowa's offense is humming. Now, from a quarterback perspective, we still need to improve that end of the, you know, that side of the ball or that position, I should say. Um, Alex Padilla struggled. Deuce Hogan had several really big plays, but also struggled as well. Spencer Petrus was relatively consistent. Um, what I didn't realize though about Spencer Petrus, and then we found out, was that he was out a lot of last year due to COVID protocols. Now it was starting to make a lot more sense why he struggled even more than I thought. Why the the progressions, why his reads, why he wasn't able to get the ball out as quickly. Those were all indicators that he was not mentally ready. And that was not meaning that he is not ever going to be mentally ready. But he didn't get those snaps that he was expecting to get with the offense. He clearly was not in sync with Iowa's wide receivers, which you could tell quite often. So I'm really excited to see if Spencer Peters can improve with a full offseason under his belt with the time to develop that chemistry with Tyrone Tracy Jr. and Nico Regani, who is um, going to be the other starter, and some of the younger guys as well, which we'll get to. Um, Kirk, again, spoke very glowingly about the wide receiver position. And specifically, he said, Keegan Johnson has done a really nice job, did a nice job in the spring, and Arland has done the same thing. And when I say nice job, they're doing a nice job on the field, but also they've been really impressive in regard to the way they kind of handle everything. 
Everybody comes in differently. Everybody has a different way to react into the loads of taking 14 to 15 hours to, to the workouts, the practice, all those things that you do in the spring and in the summer. And both of them have so far just kind of taken it in stride, really haven't seen them have a meltdown or anything like that yet. That part's been pretty impressive. So they're definitely in the picture. And as I mentioned with the offensive line, Mason Richmond, Connor Colby have the ability to potentially do the one-two punch of Alaric Jackson and Tristan Wirfs that we saw several years ago. Arlen Bruce and Keegan, Keegan Johnson have the ability to do the same thing that Mira Smith-Marset and Brandon Smith did as freshmen. Now, when you look back at that season, that was a season that we had Nick Easley. That wide receiver group was not nearly as talented as it is now. That's not a knock on that wide receiver group. Nick Easley, my... Uh, in-season co-host Matt Vandenberg was also on that squad as well. Um, I think he was coming back from an injury that year, um, but a, a phenomenal receiver for the Iowa Hawkeyes. But outside of Nick and Matt, there really wasn't much. And then we saw Amir Smith-Marset start getting some snaps. We saw Brandon Smith start getting some snaps. And they really solidified themselves as the guys to turn to uh, going forward after that season. So to me, when I look at it, that kind of reminds me of this season. We have a Tyrone Tracy Jr., we have a Nico Regani, and I really like Tyrone Tracy Jr. I think he is going to be a phenomenal wide receiver, and I think despite how talented the wide receiver group is in the Big Ten, he could contend for all Big Ten at that wide receiver position. When you look at Nico Regani, I think there's a lot of room for improvement from him. He is not, he doesn't have the best hands, some concentration issues there. Um, and then you have Charlie Jones, who has not really played a lot of snaps at that wide receiver spot. So when you look at the 2017 season, Iowa had Nick Easley with 51 catches. You had Matt Vandenberg with 28. You had two phenomenal tight ends and Noah Fant and TJ Hawkinson. And then Brandon Smith had three catches. Amir Smith-Narset had 18. I expect a similar level of production from Amir and Brandon. I think they're really going to come in and be that either the third and fourth guys or the fourth and fifth guys, but they're going to, I was going to want to get them on the field, especially Arlen Bruce and his versatility and Keegan Johnson, his ability to play several different positions and especially positions that Iowa doesn't necessarily have um, as much depth at from the wide receiver spot. That is going to be huge. In my opinion, I think they are going to be um, big time players this year. And then especially going forward, Kirk Barron's also mentioned that Jack Johnson, Desmond Hudson and Jackson Ritter were all doing pretty well. Again, I think there's just speaks to the embarrassment of riches that Iowa has at the wide receiver position and the fact that Iowa, not just at the offensive line, not just at the defensive line, but across the board has a lot of really talented youth. And this season, I talked about this before, I think this season could be really special for the Iowa Hawkeyes. But if it is not, I expect next year and the year after to be huge for the Hawks. They have so much young talent. This team is going to come together. I think we could be entering the golden years of Kirk Ferentz's tenure at the uh, under you know with the Iowa Hawkeyes um, so I'm really excited about that coming up on segment three we're going to quickly get into some preseason talk and then if we have time get into an interesting question that I posed on Twitter um, about what player in the last five years can make Iowa be the best version of themselves this year we're going to get to all that on segment three of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast before we get to that though you know I have to tell you about built Bars. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market today. They come in nine delicious flavors sweet, salty, fruity, whatever you want. Built Bar 
has it. My favorite flavor is white chocolate birthday cake with sprinkles, which is a limited time flavor. So if you see that on the website, definitely get your hands on it quickly. But not only are these built bars delicious, they are also nutritious as well. Between 17 and 18 grams of protein, between 130 and 180 calories, four to five grams of sugar, and only four to five grams of net carbs. Again, nine amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy, and you can get your hands on Built Bar today. So why don't you do that? Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. And it is that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest open now at betonline.ag. So head over to that website or use your mobile device to sign up today, and you'll receive a 100% welcome bonus when you use the promo code Locked On, be sure to take advantage of their opening day. Super promos equals make a bet on Thursday, September night season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using that promo code NFL100. So a lot of promo codes there. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season today. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. And let's turn our attention back to segment three of the Locked on Hawkeyes podcast. We're going to be jumping in to some preseason news because Iowa Hawkeyes are making waves across the board. And prior to me going on a, a week-long trip to Alaska, we had a few hosts of other Locked On shows. We had Tic Tac Titans. We had Sarah Bettinger of Locked On Broncos. And we talked to Luke Braun of Locked On Vikings about those Iowa Hawkeyes, respectively. The one I really want to focus on is Makai Sargent. Because Tic Tac Titans, Locked On Titans, right? He said Makai is a guy, a camp body, but um, has been relatively impressive in his time here. But the Tennessee Titans have a lot of running back depth. Makai Sargent is going to make that decision difficult, though. The best thing you can do is just make this decision as difficult as possible. And if nothing else, try to showcase what you can do across the league. Makai Sargent this weekend had a big day. 16, rece- or 16 rushes for 78 yards. Had a really nice receiving touchdown. And really driving through contact well. Broke several tackles. And Tennessee is a buzz about Makai Sargent now. Currently, he is second in the league in rushing yards. So again, if he is not able to earn a spot on the Titans, he at least probably has a practice squad spot. And if he doesn't, he should be able to land somewhere in the NFL. Pretty darn good for what you could consider to be your backup running back for the Iowa Hawkeyes. Now, that's all, you know, he kind of rotated pretty often. But again, the number two running back for the Iowa Hawkeyes, Makai Sargent, should be able to land on a roster this year. A guy who is not going to impress you with the speed, a guy who's not going to impress you with his quickness, but overall just does a lot of things right, falls forward, always does the right things, and is, has great hands and is good in pass protection. Um, I expect, I think at this point, I give him a 35% chance of making the roster. I would go higher based off his performance. However, Tennessee just has such a depth, so, so much depth at running back. I think it's going to be difficult for him to sp- find a spot there. But I do believe it's 100%, I would say 90% that he's going to be on the practice squad within a couple weeks if he doesn't make the active roster. Sean Byer also had a big day as well. Um, Denver's tight end room is really interesting. They have the first two spots locked up with Albert Okwini gone. I can't say his name. And Noah Fant. 
At the spot number three, though, it is really up for grabs. And I think Sean Beyer is doing what he can to show he should be there. He's made several nice catches. Also just caught a touchdown pass in the last Broncos preseason game. Um, I actually think the chance of him making this roster is probably 65 to 70%. Um, it'll be interesting to see how many tight ends they keep and what they do from an H-back perspective. Uh, Denver has typically wanted to keep an H-back, um, and that hasn't impacted the tight end spot a ton. Um, no, no, if nothing else, he's definitely going to land on that practice squad as well. Amir Smith-Marset has had an up-and-down camp, but um, as when we talked to Luke Braun, he is really making his name known on that team, just trying to you know, get all the information he can from the veteran guys, being really close to Adam Thielen. Um, and then in the preseason, he has done a very good job returning the ball despite struggling a little bit in practice. Um, had a 41-yard return uh, in his past preseason game. Amir Smith-Marset going to make that roster. It's really whether or not he'll be that 3, 4, or 5 receiver, but I think he's making a name for himself to be the special teams guy there where Minnesota has been just struggling to find a guy to carry that special teams. And then second-year player A.J. Epinesa has been making some dominating plays. Um, I believe this is going to be a breakout year for A.J. Epinesa um, with him playing at the right weight for this Buffalo Bills team. Again, Buffalo did not need him. I think that's what people are kind of forgetting. Buffalo did not need A.J. Epinesa, but when you see a talent like that, fall in the draft, you kind of have to take him. And that's what Buffalo did. So I think this is going to be a big-time season for A.J. Epineza. Um, he's already making some waves in preseason play. Expect him to have a breakout season. Also, interestingly enough, C.J. Beathard was second in preseason in passer rating, uh, You know, trying to lock down that number three spot in Jacksonville if they do decide to hold three spots. I don't know if that will actually happen, um, but he's definitely not getting anywhere past one or two of Trevor Lawrence and Gardner Minshew. Um, but definitely it's good to see him at least playing relatively well in his spot time that he currently has. Um, I'm honestly, I, I, I was not the biggest CJ Beathard fan from a perspective of NFL draft status, but he has done a good job of sticking with it. And with San Francisco, he did a really good job of slinging the ball, in my opinion. Um, not, not going to be a, a guy who wins you 12 or 13 games clearly, but he's not afraid to sling the ball, and that's what you want in a backup quarterback, almost kind of like Ryan Fitzpatrick with a little bit less magic at this point. So um, it'll be interesting to see if they do decide to keep three quarterbacks and if that third quarterback is C.J. Beathard. And then Geno Stone also making a name, having two interceptions in one game, having a good preseason as well. So he tries to uh, latch onto a team after being released last year a couple different times. So that gets me in just real quickly before we end the show. Uh, we posted on Twitter in the last five years, which Iowa player would you want on this team? And I think it's a really interesting question because it kind of goes to what the depth is of this team and versus impact players. And also, are you picking guys based off how they perform in the NFL, like a George Kittle? Or are you picking guys based off of how they performed in college? I think the obvious answer here is C.J. Beathard, right? The biggest question mark on this team is whether or not Spencer Petrus can be the quarterback. So if I'm looking at this team, I want a reliable quarterback. So my first pick would be C.J. Beathard out of guys in the last five years. My second pick would be A.J. Epineza. I don't think the defense line is devoid of talent, but A.J. Epineza is a dominating figure, and his presence would make anyone on that defensive line better, and that would just make that would probably make Iowa the number one defensive line in the entire nation. And number three, Tristan Wirfs. I really do think Iowa is going to be fine at the offensive line spot, but anytime you can get a guy like Tristan Wirfs back on the team, you got to take it, right? I think he would be an amazing asset to the running game and a protector for Spencer Petrus, and he could be even playing that blind side with Alaric Jackson gone. 
Again, I didn't pick George Kittle. Um, at Iowa, he just you know he was a good player, but wasn't the same George Kittle we're seeing today. He was still developing. I think some uh, candidates I would also consider, Davia Nixon, that interior pressure was just so phenomenal. But I am really excited to see YA Black. The secondary is just so strong, but can you imagine adding Desmond King? What a chess piece there. Um, Iowa could really match up well against some of those spread attacks then. I love the linebackers, but Josie Jewell, anytime you get the sheriff you got, or the outlaw, you got to get him. And then James Daniels, I think that's an underrated pick. Uh, and that interior offensive line, especially with Kyler Schott going down, James Daniel will make a very big impression there as well. Let me know what your thoughts are, though. Find that tweet on uh, on our Twitter account. Let us know. Um, a lot of fun banter back and forth between Hawkeye fans. We really enjoyed that as well. That does do it for our show today. I'll be bringing more energy tomorrow. I'm recording this after two hours of sleep and a six-hour flight from Alaska so I and some delays and whatnot. So I hope you all enjoy the content. We will be back tomorrow continuing our recap of the past week and what happened getting into some recruiting and talking a lot about the summer league including an appearance by the locked on pistons host talking about luca garza before we end though if you want more locked on content betting on your team does not have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new locked on bets podcast hosted by your boy q and handicapping expert lee sterling get daily picks blowout specials wrong team favorite picks and lee sterling's lock of the day Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcast at. And that does do it for our show today. This is the Monday episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. If you liked it, give us that five-star review and subscribe wherever you downloaded the podcast app. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And when we get our YouTube channel up, make sure to go subscribe there as well so you can watch my ugly mug present to you on YouTube. So that's it for the show. Have a fantastic Monday. And as always, Hawkeye Nation, let's go Hawks.